This episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Rock Beating Up a Rock while listening to rock music while enjoying Rocky Mountain Oysters. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Roll of the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that is so quotable. I I guess you got to quote us. Yeah, hey. I'm Zach. I'm Frank. <laughs> and today we are here to talk about our top five favorite movie quotes of all time. Mm. Very hard. I have a I have a few honorable mentions. Do you want to start off with those? Yeah. Okay. Um, and just because wait, start off with the honorable mentions. Yeah. 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 Um, just because like when you really think about it too, um. Movie quotes are really what ties us all together for films. Yeah. Um. Because you can talk about like, oh, like this cool action scene, or like, oh, like do you remember like this part where like the murderer killed this person? But like the quotes are what stick with you. The quotes are the things where it's like you can literally like how we are. Like if you just have like a friend where you're just doing something random and you're like, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know exactly what it means, and it's just so fun. Um. So with that. I guess we'll roll down like our honorable mentions first and then uh, and then we'll get into like the real good stuff. So honorable mentions first off is uh, I drink your milkshake. There will uh, be blood. Yes, there will be blood. Uh, Daniel Plainview. Um, second is would you like to live deliciously? The uh, devil in God, the witch. So good. Yeah. Uh, groovy, of course. Ash. Yeah. yeah. From Evil Dead. Um Number four is, I've come here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. What is that? They, the, uh, they, they live? live? Yeah. Oh, and then uh, finally, from the thing, you gotta sleep sometime. Like, at the very end, when it's uh, when it's Jules and it's um, Keith David's character, yeah. and they're just hanging, and it's just like, oh, like, which one is the thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a few. Um, one of them is, I have a lot of, like, so many quotables from, like... The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And I kind of mentioned that, like, when we did, like, but, like, there's just so many, like, you know, follow the yellow brick road. There's no place like home. I'll get you my pretty. Like, just all of them are, mm-hmm. like, so iconic. Um, we kind of have, like, that one, which I don't know, like, necessarily if, like, you we even, like, realize, like, where it's from. But you know how, like, you and I always joke around with, like, just when I thought I was out, they, <laughs> they pulled, pulled me, me back, back in. in. That's actually from, uh, like, the Godfather part two i think oh is it yeah or maybe it's three i think it's the godfather part three hmm. um and like that's like where that move like that's like really where like it was made famous is just when i thought i was out <laughs> they pull me back in um and it's you know it's kind of like classic of course you have yo adrian from fucking rocky <laughs> <laughs> um you have um just so many right like mm-hmm. uh i don't want to survive i want to live which is mm-hmm. like 12 years a slave i think it was which yeah. is like really really famous um elementary my dear watson mm. which is like yes, obviously of course. sherlock holmes yeah um i there was and there's one that i actually really wanted to like put in but i just i just couldn't do it because i had a really hard time like having it outbeat but the last one that i want to mention as like an arbol mention is um from brokeback mountain mm-hmm I can't quit you. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it's like, I wish I knew how to quit you. It's so good. Yes. And it's and so powerful for the it, film. It really is. Um, and we should really do Brokeback Mountain at some point. Um, I'm cool with it. Like Heath Ledger and, um, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's a really, really great film. And I think it got a lot of like, it, like it, it came out and maybe it was just cause like when it came out, we, I was like so young mm-hmm. and like, 
everybody that like it was in my age group was just making fun of like how like it was like gay cowboys gay cowboys but like it's a really good movie mm-hmm. um and there's so many it's there's literally it's impossible like there's gonna be people who are listening to this being like how could you not mention this one how could yeah. you not mention that? i mean listen we there had to- are thousands and thousands of movie quotes out there and that we put it into five are, yeah like and we're trying to like whittle it down to five so like don't scream at us to your fucking car radio, Jake, or whoever, whatever your fucking <laughs> no, name Jake, is. No, Jake, we're calling you out. <laughs> we know who you are. Um, so anyway, with all that being said, uh, Zach, why don't you start us off with your number five? All so right. wait, so my question is, did you go like five to one? Like your like your number one is your absolute favorite? No, I don't. I don't okay. have like I I couldn't do yeah. it. Um, so I don't have like a, a list in order. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna go like throughout it. So for my first one, it's going to be from rosemary's baby what have you done to his eyes yeah i think and you've seen rosemary's baby of right? course um i think like just such a perfect scene in a horror film and this is one that i want to do for like around halloween because it's such like a subtle film um where for two hours it's literally just kind of like this woman like having a child and like raising the child inside of this apartment and of course, like you have the scene of the devil's eyes as she he's raping her. Yeah. Um, but like it all comes together at the end when she finally lays eyes on like her child. Yeah. And you don't even see yeah, they the don't baby. they never show you. You don't see the eyes. You just immediately know when she says, What have you done to his eyes? That those eyes from mm-hmm. yeah yes and then the the person behind is like oh he has his eyes of his father yeah and it's like oh like it's so perfect that you didn't show it and it's so subtle and so awesome yeah i agree it's really really incredible that movie is so good mm-hmm. and the my the, the the shitty thing about it is like is like rosemary's baby if you showed that to like a 16 year old now they think it's boring. They'd be like, "This movie sucks." Yeah, but like, it and it's so frustrating mm-hmm. because the movie is so good. It's so well paced and so like, it's actually scary. It is, and it, it's scary in like a realistic set. Yeah, that, like you know, she doesn't know that she's been living here all this time with this cult of the devil. Right, like you're not you're not getting these jump scares. You're not getting these like stupid like you know you know loud musical like oh like like a cat jumping out a window and that was supposed to be like scary for a second everyone kind of like laughs at each other like yeah. oh that was fun and then you go like and whatever like no 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 like it's a really really smart film and uh and it's done like of course like for its time it mm-hmm. also like lived in, in like that era but like i don't know man like if you appreciate horror films like and and then you it's a movie that i think if you watch it you might not be necessarily like scared of Rosemary's Baby, like in that aspect of it, like of like traditionally, but like when you start thinking about like like you were saying, like wait a minute, so she was pregnant with the devil's baby, she's been living with this cult pretty much like her, like the entire time she was there, and there's like and, and you start yeah yeah and you too. start like unfolding all these layers of like what's actually been going on the mm-hmm. entire time, it really makes it like fucking horrifying. Yeah. Um. So with my number five is a little bit more lighthearted, but all <laughs> but like it's not lighthearted. It's like more serious, but it's like I don't know. Like I I look back at it, and I'm like the movie's not that good, mm-hmm. but like it's so quotable and like it's so like iconic that I had to put it in. Which is of course 
Uh, if you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. Uh, I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But oh, if you I'm don't, taken. I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> yes, it's so iconic. Like I went back and I rewatched the Taken movies, like maybe like six months ago. He's not, a and good it's dad. not good. Well, he's not a good dad, and it's not that good of a movie actually. Mm-hmm. But. It's such a badass mm-hmm. fucking phone call where he's like, I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> and, like, and, like, and, like, and then he like goes on with going and, and then telling them, like, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. And although the movie isn't really great, mm-hmm. like there is still like you have to like put your like self in that headspace of this man is on the other side of the world. His daughter is in like France or wherever the yeah. hell she is. And he is literally hearing her being kidnapped mm-hmm. over the phone and cannot do anything about it at that moment. And in that aspect of it, pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, when this movie came out and literally for, like, a good three months, like, that was all anybody was Anybody playing. was just saying, I have a very <laughs> particular set of skills. Like, everybody <laughs> like, was saying it. And it, it really became, like, a quote of the decade to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though, like you said, like, it's not the best film. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's at my number five. Yeah. Because, like, it's, like, I need, I wanted to put it in there because it, I have, I have, like, a soft spot for it. Um, and like you said, like it's kind of just like a quote that's like, like that feels like it's gonna live on forever, at yeah. least like for our generation. Um, but uh, yeah, like it needed to be like on like the lowest possible like number because mm-hmm. um, it's just it's not that good of a film, but still like it's such an iconic quote. Yeah, um, I agree. So for my next pick, um, kind of sticking with like the same thing of horror aspect to it. Uh, from the original 1932 Frankenstein. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! (laughs) Literally, to me, that was kind of like the beginning of my love for Universal Movie Monsters. Mm. Um, Frankenstein was like the catalyst for everything, where I was like, okay, now I gotta check out Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, now I gotta check out The Mummy, because Boris Karloff's in that. Okay, now I gotta check out The Wolfman. Now I gotta check out Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Like, I I watched all these films because of Frankenstein, and like we just said, I think, like, something that will kind of stand the test of time is the quote, it's alive, it's alive. Yeah. When you have Dr. Frankenstein, who has finally brought back to life this combination of body parts yeah, to actually make a a You know, I've never actually read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, the book is cool. It follows more along the lines of the Bride of Frankenstein film, mm. um, because like there they had to change some stuff for the original one, where it's like, oh, like you know, uh, at the time there was the code of monster movies where like the monster had to die at the end of the film no matter what, um, and that just wasn't like how the book goes. It also follows like more of a humane side to Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. But well, because you kind of, yeah, like the whole like the whole aspect, the, like the whole idea of like Frankenstein is the people are the monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the people that judge him, yeah. that like look at somebody that's different are the monsters. Yeah, and that was something that was like wow, like even in the thirties, like they they knew this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, on to my number, I guess four. Yeah, would be. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room, <laughs> uh, which is of course yes. Doctor Strange Love, mm-hmm. uh, which is just so funny, but also like like it, it's just so funny mm-hmm. because 
you can't fight in here. You cannot fight in here. This <laughs> is the war room. room. Like that sentence is such an oxymoron. Yes, it's literally uh, what it's uh, for. <laughs> <laughs> but like, of course, like you have to, you know, like at the end of the day, like every quote that we're saying here mm. really is accentuated by what is going on. Like these, like these quotes don't just stand by themselves as like a cool quote like some of them do Mm -hmm. but like in most cases what makes a really iconic quote is like what's going on and like what happened to the character to make them say that and like dr strange love is obviously like they're trying to figure out like are we gonna blow everybody up or are we not like (laughs) what are we gonna do here and like the world is possibly gonna end then you have fucking dr strange love himself who's half Nazi well his left arm is a Nazi or whatever. I'm sure I can walk again. <laughs> like, that's whatever, a really fun but like one. the most like obvious like for me, one of the most iconic uh scenes ever is gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. And to this day, like if you show somebody that movie and that once that scene comes up, you're gonna get a laugh out of yes. them because it's just so timeless. Mm-hmm. It's a timeless comedic it's perfectly timed and it's just it's perfect. Yeah. That's good, Stanley Kubrick, right there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so for my next one, um, more along the lines of like a speech, but from Pacific Rim, Idris Elba's character of "Today we face the monsters that are at our door. Today we are canceling the apocalypse." Mm. And I always like, I don't, I don't care like how badly the movie has aged at this point, because um, I like Pacific Rim. I like big dumb robot fight big dumb monster yeah um but something that stood out for me in that film was just this incredible like speech to get everybody ready to go that came out of nowhere and i don't know if that was just because it was idris elba or that was like the writing of guillermo del toro for it right but like just a really powerful speech of we're gonna go out there we're gonna fuck shit up and we're gonna save the world doing it yeah but said in a much cooler British accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. You yeah, know, I, I feel the opposite specific rib, so I have nothing to add. <laughs> but it's still, it's a cool Yeah, it's, it's a, a cool, cool quote. quote. Yeah. Um, so mine now gets into a little bit of the horror aspect. Mm-hmm. And that is The Silence of the Lambs, which is, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's so... When it, Hannibal Lecter finally, like, escapes. Yeah. And, yep. He and, calls. I mean, again, like like we were saying, like, the combination of, mm. like, what, what has led to this point in which he cut off the police officer's face, puts it all over his face, mm-hmm. they take him out in the ambulance, he then kills all of them and is able to escape. And then he calls Clarice on the phone and uh, he has the doctor who's been holding him in the cell Mm -hmm. who then comes and travels to wherever he goes, like Africa, wherever the hell they're at. And um, and he's talking to her on the phone and he's, you know, of course, there's there's another iconic thing where it's, you know, have the lamb stop screaming. Yes. And then and then he and then he's talking to um, to her. And then, of course, he goes, I have to go. I'm having an old friend for dinner. And it's just. It's it's funny. It's mm-hmm. smart because it's it's a multi-layered um, sentence because he's obviously a cannibal. So I'm having an old friend for dinner means that he's going to eat him. Yeah. But also it works on the aspect of I'm having an old friend for dinner because that means I've I literally I'm having an old friend over for dinner. 
and it's just really really smart but like and funny but like when you really think about the context of what he's saying it's actually really horrific yeah like it works on like a lot of levels and for a, a film that like is so iconic to have like that be like the very last line in the film yeah and to like stick with people above all else, like you have like the I ate his liver with a nice Chianti and some yeah. fava beans yeah. too. Like it, it really stands out. Yeah, and I love Silence of the Lambs it's too. So like good. it's super cool. It puts cool. the lotion on its skin, <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> so many uh, quotables from that movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so for my next pick, I'm I'm starting to get more into like more like historical parts ooh, in ooh. films. Um, so I will say, while I have not seen the movie like to its entirety, I think this probably is one of the best quotes to ever come out of films, and that is "Gone with the Wind." Um, frankly, my dear, I don't give I a don't damn. I don't really give a damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. You've never seen "Gone with the Wind"? No, no. Um, but I know this quote, <laughs> and I've seen this quote everywhere, and. When you look at, like, the history of this quote, because, like, during the time, you couldn't swear in films. Yeah. And this like, really... give a whoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wanted him to change it to, like, that. And it was like, no, like, it doesn't have the same impact. <laughs> and, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, really kind of, like, set things off in films. Like, it was literally like, okay, like, now everybody can, like, say damn. Like, what? how do we put, like, one swear word in? Yeah. And then, like, it evolved, and it's like, okay, like, you know, PG-13 movies, they can get, like, like shit or fuck, like, once in there. Yeah, yeah. So how do we use that properly? And then, like, R-rated films, like, getting promoted, and it's like, like, literally, this line was kind of, like, the contributing factor to swearing in films yeah and while like you know this one probably does it the best because at this point in time most movies use it as overkill yeah it can be used to really sell a scene yeah and this film was like the film that sold the scene with it yeah they i mean they had to go i think they had like like 13 or 14 other variations mm-hmm. of of uh, what you know of instead of i don't give a damn like like i said like they literally said like uh, like he tried i don't give a whoop yeah and like it's like <laughs> that just like sounds stupid like it i just don't give a darn yeah like, like, it, just, like it doesn't make sense so like it's pretty crazy to um to like realize that like that they had to go through that and like especially like nowadays where like where movies are right now where you mm-hmm. can just full-blown titties out and like you yep. can just they swear all the time and blood and guts and like there's like really almost there's really almost never a movie that like can't be made like mm. with what's going on yeah or and, desensitize yeah us at yeah this point. and like and like to to see like how they were like oh we don't know if he can say damn in a movie and like where we are today it's actually like really hysterical mm. <laughs> um okay so mine i had to of course put my favorite movie of all time in here Mm-hmm. And I had a really hard time of p- picking which one it would be because, of course, there's obviously I'm talking there will be blood. Yeah, I wanted to put in, um, like I've abandoned my child, mm-hmm. like that whole like, but that's more of like the scene. Yeah, that I loved. Um, I'm I drink finished. your milkshake is great. Mm-hmm. I'm finished is great. But um, for me, like the one that like I just love so much is. I am the third <laughs> revelation. It's so great because it really kind of like wraps up Eli's and Daniel. Daniel's like relationship with one another where Eli truly believes that he is like a cavity for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
and and he really really believes that and and by the end of the movie you have him you have daniel making him say like i am a false prophet god is superstition and then right before he murders him the last thing that he hears is daniel screaming that he is not the real revelation that daniel is the revelation and he's also going to kill him mm-hmm. and when he's walking towards him after he's drunk and they had their and they had their like little you know dialogue with one another and he's screaming, "I am the third revelation." And he's throwing bowling balls at him, and then he's and then he hits him over the head. It's it's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, it really is like the the built up anger and frustration yeah. over years coming out in full. Yeah, at an ending to the film that deserved a a awesome ending. Yeah. So I agree. I I really like. Because mine kind of sat in, like, the same scene anyways. Right, yeah. I drink your milkshake. Yeah. And, like, there's just so much within that one scene of 20 minutes that really, like, sells the entire film. Yeah. Um. So my final one, I was going back and forth with it because um, it is from the movie Seven. Um, I was going gonna... to... I knew Seven was going to make it in, into yours. I had a really? feeling, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that the King's speech didn't make it in yet. Um, from the King. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the movie, The King's Speech. No, um, The King's Speech is cool though. Yeah, uh, I wanted to put it in. I really did because that fucking speech is so good. Make it England. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like, that's another honorable mention. Yeah, it's more for like when we get into like five movie speeches. Yeah, yeah. Like, on, like, because this is like more like not like these are more like one liners mm-hmm. sort of for me at least. Like that's how I treated it. Like if you want to go into like actual like full blown like speeches like. You gotta go like Braveheart because like those yes. like it's so iconic. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I I just couldn't put in it because I I wanted to stick with more like one liners. Mm-hmm. Um. So for mine, like with seven, I was I was set on it. Like last night, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? What's in the box? Because it's so iconic in the film of like, okay, it's just fucking Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Right. Um. But then I was thinking about it and I was like. What have I been saying before about Seven, where John Doe's speech literally was the catalyst for me loving villains? Yeah. And he says the one line in there of, we see a deadly sin on every street corner in every home, and we tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about it before. This was literally the line and speech and person in film that made me think, like, oh, fuck, I understand the villain i don't agree with him but i understand where he's coming from and that makes sense to me and that makes a great villain yeah and john doe was kind of like that person that was like oh fuck from this one line i like the villains yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like the bad guys <laughs> yeah it's cool because like it's so i really enjoy the character of john doe like even with the whole idea that like you don't even really get his real name like John mm-hmm. Doe is obviously not his real name John Doe is like what they use as like an example yeah. in like a a uh like whatever like, like an a, autopsy that they can't identify the right. person yeah so it's like John Doe Jane Doe we don't mm-hmm. have a name we don't have like a whatever we don't have any identity so like you have like you 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 understand everything about him and like who he is and what he's trying to do here but you don't even know his name mm-hmm. and like there's something really like sinister and like really incredible and cool about that yeah um so my last one is i, I had a really i couldn't actually decide so mm-hmm. i have two but they're okay. both from the same movie <clears throat> um and that is from it's coming from the godfather mm-hmm. 
and make enough for you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. I don't even know if everybody heard what you did, but like that was really not good. <laughs> um, one of them, of course, is when Vito Corleone is talking, and he goes, "You talk about vengeance. Is vengeance going to bring back?" Uh, is going to bring your son back to you or my or my boy back to me. Mm. And that for me is like it's so iconic because it's like these families are just killing each other back mm. and forth senselessly at yeah. this point. And like they're just murdering each other and and he's like telling him like in order to be like a really good leader, like you need to realize like when enough is enough. Yeah. And when to kind of like hold back and be like, okay, we need to like just have like a parlay for a second. Yeah. Because at like, if, if we keep going at this rate, there's going to be nobody here left. Everybody, your family's going to get killed. You're going to get killed. And what good is that? Yeah. You're not, nobody is benefiting from this at, at any point in time. So like we need to just stop. Mm-hmm. And then my second has to be, a really really simple one but in the in the in the context of the scene it's really incredible which is the baptism scene where he is getting his baby baptized and then he himself has to be baptized mm-hmm. and the priest asks him like do you renounce satan and he of course just says like i renounce him and while he says i renounce him he's killing mm-hmm. off like the five other bosses and it's like it's like overlaid with him like the bap- the the, uh, the priest talking and the baby being baptized and then you have all of these guys just getting murdered like in the streets and there's like the really famous you know uh the guy who like is getting like his back massage and gets shot in the eyeball and then the one dude in the like in the door that's rotating and they cut the door and they just fucking shoot him yep. the police officer who's like not really a police officer and shoots all the three guys on the stairs like mm-hmm. It, and it's such a simple thing of like I do renounce because it's like he's washing his hands of the blood while they're still while being they're just blood. out there murdering everybody yeah. and it's just so iconic for me and it had to be like in there yeah I mean it's hard for the Godfather because it's like there's so much that goes into it yeah and like you you really can't like name like one thing from the Godfather no I mean literally there's so much I mean like of course like you said like uh, I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and ask me for a favor. Yeah, that is iconic. Of course, like when they get the fish and it's like, what does it mean? It means mm-hmm. Luca Brazzi sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. It's like it's so, like there's so many iconic things. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, and we need we need to do the Godfather. We need to do one, we need yeah. to do one and two. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all there is, anyways. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know they just I told you I think. Oh yeah, they they, re- they like redid like a, 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 a like number three. They like mm-hmm. re-edited it, and apparently it's like a lot better some mm-hmm. for some reason. So I'm I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm I am interested to watch them and then and then maybe go to the third one and see if I if I enjoy it. And then that can be the trilogy and not the original. Okay. But man, those first two, incredible. Yes. And it's one of those rare occasions where the second one is probably better than the first one. Mm-hmm. But the first one's so good. Absolutely. So uh, those are our favorite movie quotes of all time. Yep. That was still really hard to do. Yeah, no, very, very <laughs> difficult. I had a really, really hard time doing this. Literally, I had a list of like 20, and I was like, I need to start cutting this back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had like, you know, the Joker from The Dark Knight. I had just so many oh, iconic why so ones. Serious or yeah, like, like why uh, so serious, stuff like that. Like, there's just so many. Like, and it's it's impossible to... You're never gonna be happy. Like no. you're, you're, you're gonna, <laughs> I'm still not happy. Yeah, with no. My like pick. you're not gonna be happy with your list. Like, but to to put them to whittle them down to five and actually have like an explanation as to why. Like, 
it gives you at least like you've put your your mm-hmm. your, your heroes in the dirt and you're gonna stand by it. So now fucking defend it. You know, I, which is, I have closure with it now. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, this was fun. I enjoyed this one. So, mm-hmm. Zach, what movie are we doing next? Well, first, let me tell you my recommendation. Oh, my God. You always forget my recommendation. Nobody cares. I don't either. <laughs> um, so, like, as I've gotten older, like, clothing has kind of, like, meant a little less for me. Um, by that, I mean I'm becoming a nudist. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, so, like, <laughs> when I was younger, I used to, like, have, like, all the graphic t-shirts and everything like that where... It was, like, anything from, like, Hot Topic, Zoomies, PacSun, like, stuff like that. I It would be, like, where I shopped. Um, and as I've gotten older, like, I, I've kind of gravitated more towards, like, again, a big business of clothing. But one that I find, like, very affordable. And that's basically my entire outfit right now, which is H&M. Ugh. Oh, come on. Ugh. You shop at H&M. No, I don't. No? No. I actually really enjoy H&M. Like, I, I really think that, like, if you go there, like, looking for, like, the graphic t-shirts and shit like that, like, it's way overpriced. But, like, stuff that I get where it's, like, the plain t-shirts, jeans, like, you you can't go wrong finding them for, like, 12 13 dollars yeah and like they actually are comfy and they actually are durable um are they because like so i haven't stepped so like look, i have like a issue mm-hmm. with like that type of clothing in general like it's just because i don't know like at the fast fashion world for me it's just like i don't know i try not to support it like mm-hmm. as much as i can and if i do it's usually like i usually go to like gap or like banana republic which mm-hmm. is bo- they both the same business like like they're literally yeah. owned by the same company um but like h&m i haven't stepped foot in h&m in a very long time and the reason why was like when i was younger it was like all right cool like i'll go to h&m and like their clothes <clears throat> would just like fall apart and like i would I, if i dried them mm-hmm. three sizes all of a sudden just they, they, <laughs> they went down like three sizes and like i couldn't fit into them ever again their jeans i always found like really like never fit me right i'd be mm-hmm. like i'm a normally like a 33 waist and like i would get a 33 and i couldn't even like get it around like my ankles and i'm like oh, what's really? going on here like <laughs> i have to get like a 38 like so but maybe they changed like maybe they've gotten better because i've heard a lot think... of things like that they that they've like been like hey like listening to our customers yes. and and we're trying and i think they do like a lot of like donation stuff too and they like do like recycling like you can bring in your clothes and then you get like a percentage off and stuff but yeah they've really kind of like stepped it up a little bit and um i i think they changed like their fabric material because like i've had like shirts from there for like a good two years and like nothing like still intact yeah um and then i just bought like the one that i'm wearing now where it's like the 10 pack for like 50 bucks Mm. so it's like if you do the math that's six dollars for like a shirt yeah and it's like that's fucking awesome So, so you recommend H and M? I I do. I recommend um, Banana Republic if you're gonna go into fast fashion. Well, it's not, your, uh, it's not your your recommendation. That's so true. So. Why don't you uh, suck rec- a lemon? I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Cool. So, Zach, what movie are we doing next? Well, since we've done a whole episode on quotes, I think we should do a film that is incredibly quotable. Um, one that you haven't seen. A silent movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing 1910s. <laughs> um, so, a, a, an 80s action film. Oh, God. That I think is incredibly oh, quotable. no. <laughs> um, and we are going to be doing RoboCop. <laughs> I've never seen RoboCop. I know, and I think you're going to love it. All right. All right. Uh, all right, cool. So, uh, what 
no, I, I always get that and like the million dollar man or whatever mixed up or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, where it's like we have the technology. Or oh, whatever. Uh, the six million dollar man, million dollar Steve man. Austin. Yeah, that's not the same movie. No. Yeah. Okay. All no, right. This is a uh, stop where there will be trouble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the dad from um from that seventy shows in it. Oh, the big ass forehead. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, you'll like this. Anyway, um, cool. So look forward to RoboCop. Um, I know I won't be. So. <laughs> Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.